going to start at the Stade de France for what was one of the best cup finals in years and not just because PSG lost. We had a wonderful atmosphere. 30,000 Bretons came from uh, Rennes. We thought it was going to be the same old story when PSG went 2-0 up through Dani Alves and a fit again Neymar set up one, scored a, a wonderful goal. But Rennes hit back a Kimpembe own goal before half-time and then Edson Mesher heading in for 2-2. And then it, there was just so much tension, so much drama. Uh, Mbappe hit the post in extra time. Ben Arthur almost scored a, a, a wonderful winner as well for Rennes. But it went to penalties. Rennes won it. And uh, guys, first of all, you know, we have to say well done to Rennes. We've seen Strasbourg win the, win the Coupe de la Ligue. Now we've seen Rennes, uh, this, this exciting young team coached by a very, very exciting young manager. And it's their first trophy for, for 48 years. That's right, Matt. And, and it shouldn't just be a cursory before we go all out attack on Paris Saint-Germain that, yes, Rennes, Rennes played very well. They did. And to come back from two goals down against Paris Saint-Germain, even if some will say you should never lose a two-goal lead, particularly in a final, which I think is true, Rennes stuck to their guns. They, do have, they were a little bit shell-shocked, I think, in that opening half an hour before they, they just settled into the game. And from then, I think it's then that we really saw their game plan, which was not allow them any space. That 4-4-2 with the wing backs. We hardly saw Ismail Assar getting forward. He, he really concentrated on his defensive duties. Burijo as well. They really looked to contain Paris Saint-Germain. And in the end, they denied them space. They, they fought for everything. They never gave up. And it was all, all the glory of a, of a cup team that is the underdog, that, that knows that they don't have the talent of the favourites opposite them. They're going to give it everything. They're not going to give everything up. They're cheered on by their fans. And in terms of a dramatic cup evening, it was fantastic. And all credit to Ren, really. Yeah, and what a story for the coach, uh, Julien Stéphane, who is the son of Guy Stéphane, who's Didier Deschamps' right-hand man uh, with the France team, has been his right-hand man for a long time. They were also champions of France with, with Marseille a few mm. years back, this duo. So Julien Stéphane, was very close to actually joining Monaco, if you remember, uh, during this season, because when Thierry Henry was appointed Monaco manager, he wanted Julien mm -hmm. Stéphane as his number two. And Rennes refused to release him unless Monaco wanted to pay a, a kind of transfer fee. Thank God, uh, if you're a fan of Rennes, that you put up a little bit of fight because Monaco refused to pay a, a transfer fee. Julien Stéphane took over uh, Rennes eventually when Lemucci got, got kicked out. And he's led them to this fantastic end of the season. And winning the cup is, is obviously like a, an amazing thing for them. But of course, they also had the, the European adventures, uh, winning yeah. away to Betis yeah. Sevilla no, and, are, and these, shining against Arsenal as well. These are really exciting times for, for Rennes. I know their, their league form has, has, has tailed off a bit, but Julian Stefan is just 38 years of age. He seems to be such a bright young coach. He was born in Rennes. He is now a, a Rennes legend. You know, he's, this is his first season as a manager, but... He has done. After six months. <laughs> yes, yes, there, there probably was hardly a Ren fan in the stadium that was born last time they, they won a trophy back True. in 1971. No, well, nobody here apart from Darren was born. Um, <laughs> I was in the game. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen Robbie, Robbie was uh, lucky enough to be at the, uh, at the Stade de France uh, commentating. Let's, let's hear some of the key moments from the Stade de France. Neymar to take this corner. The first of the match for Paris Saint-Germain. He looks outside for Danny Alves! Oh, what a goal! Di Maria, oh, what a pass from Di Maria! And Neymar! What a finish! The cross, Kimpembe, it's an own goal! Grenier's ball in, the header, and they're level! Maxair, Ren 2, 
Paris Saint-Germain too. Now what's the, oh, it's a red card for Mbappe. Incredible. Kylian Mbappe sent off two minutes before the end of extra time. Christopher Nkunku, the Paris Saint-Germain Academy graduate. Oh, he's missed it. Rennes have won the Coupe de France. So Armel, incredible drama. Rennes are going to be in Europe next season. They've got this progressive young coach. They've got some talented players. We saw Hatem Ben Arfa, of course, uh, turning on uh, the magic intermittently, perhaps on, on, on Saturday night, but he's had his moments this, this season. Is this a start of something exciting or is this just a, a one-off for Rennes? Because they you know, potentially can be the, the giants of, of Western France. It's something that hasn't happened, but they have everything. They have the support, the stadium, the potential's there, isn't it? Yes, and it's quite interesting that they have made it into Europe along with Strasbourg, who currently sit 10th and 11th in the league table. Teams like Marseille sweating a bit now because fifth won't qualify for Europe. But back to Rennes anyway. They... Strasbourg and Rennes, two, two cities which do like a sausage. Yes, thank so, you. Different yeah. times. <laughs> so different times. We just need no, to, no, to lose in Europe and then we're... We're having a feast. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, feast. Sausage tourism. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's good times for, for Ren supporters, as Robbie mentioned. No trophy for, for years and years and years. 48. And 48 years. Now back in Europe. They do have exciting young players, also some old heads that have been there, done that. The likes of Clement Grenier, the likes of Hatton Ben Arfa. And they seem to have everything they need to cook up something good over there, including... As Darren mentioned, an exciting young French coach, or they'll be hoping they can sign on for a little longer in the summer. Um, going to Ben Arthur is one of the interesting subplots from that final as well this weekend. Former Paris Saint-Germain player, of course, who was uh, left out from all sporting activity for exactly. over was a, a year. Exactly, was a Paris Saint-Germain player without actually being one. Contracted really. to Paris yeah. Saint-Germain, put it that <laughs> he's, way. Yeah, but, he's got a bit of a grudge that perhaps... People can understand, uh, you know, I, I don't know the ins and outs of what, went, of what went on, but he was banished basically for the best part of 18 months, wasn't he, at, uh, at, at Paris Saint-Germain. And we saw when the, uh, the, uh, the winners went up to get their medals and uh, Hatem went to, to high-five Nasser Al-Halifi, the, the PSG president, and uh, the, the PSG chief wasn't, wasn't up for a high-five with, with, with Hatem. And perhaps, uh, perhaps that, is, that, that is understandable. Can I, can I just say as well, there's no... Uh, truth to the rumours that Francois Pinault has uh, has pledged 100 million euros towards the reconstruction of Paris Saint-Germain. That's <laughs> that's not true. He he is putting the money into Notre Dame. Francois Pinault, who was Rennes' owner, it's now his son in charge, a very wealthy man. And uh, that's a mega rich family. So France's richest yeah. man, isn't he? Behind uh, Madame Betin Betin. Yeah, cool. I mean, Betin if they want to put more money into the team, they can. They have bucket loads. He also them. said he wondered why he hadn't put more money in before when he yeah. saw that what red, they yeah. were capable yeah. of. But Darren, yeah. um, just, just 100, 100 million, no, but 100 million into PSG's reconstruction probably isn't, probably isn't enough, is it? I mean, <laughs> no, but seriously, in France, people are saying this is PSG's worst season in the Qatari era. I know Robbie Thompson is already up in arms. Well, I'm almost say, ready for a, a spontaneous <laughs> coup No, no, no. no. Let, let's, just, let's just go through it. Yes, they've, they've, they've won the league title. They've had no rivals really in France this year. But they really did mess up the Coupe de la Ligue uh, against Gangon. They blew a two-goal lead in the Coupe de France final. They blew a two-goal lead against Manchester United yeah, in, Matt, in the this, Champions League. This, this cup final defeat perfectly sums up the PSG season. You, you have a sublime volley to open the scoring. Daniel uh, Alves from a Neymar corner. Absolutely fantastic strike. 1-0. Then 
Then another beautiful goal uh, from Neymar. They're winning 2-0. They're, they're walking all over their opponents. You can see why, you know, by moment, they are such a fantastic team to watch. You think everything's going their way. They just need to put in a third goal and it's all over, you know. But of course, they don't. And as you just said, you know, this season we've seen them, you know, two up against Man United. They go out of the Champions League. They're winning against Gangon. They get knocked out of the Coupe de la Ligue, the League Cup. And now they're tuning up against Rennes and they still don't win. And, and that is such a fragile thing uh, and underlines the problems that they have at this club. I mean, it's unbelievable that they can be in such a strong situation in, in so many times this season and still uh, find themselves uh, with just the one thing. You know, and it's terrible to say just the one thing. I mean, winning the league is obviously the, the main thing uh, every, yeah. every season. But like you say, it's their worst season uh, since the Qataris arrived. And obviously, there are going to be questions, you know, asked now at the highest level about the, the manager's role and how long, you know, he can carry on like this with a, with a team that isn't functioning. He even said afterwards, you know, he said, yeah, you know, we, we are fragile. And he was talking about it as if he was like an outsider. And I'm like, well, you've been there a year, you know, mm. have you just realized this or haven't, you know, have you not been working yeah. on this? I because if, if, well, if, perhaps the coach is realizing the that, that this is a thing that goes back a few goals. years. Yeah, and that it's not just this season that this has happened. And let's not forget, the coach, he's also a young coach, 44 years of age, his first experience outside of Germany with a big club as well. And he's probably learning something from having players like Neymar, Di Maria, Mbappe, these, these global superstars, which he hasn't had before. He's got a great relationship with them, I think, from what I can see. But he, it's a learning curve for him as well. Paris, that was one of the debates, if you remember last year, when Tuchel was, was chosen. It was like, well... The question is his experience and his, the way he relates to other people in the club. And look, this is a, a, a learning period for him as well. I think he's done remarkably well until that match against Manchester United. And there he has to learn as well. He's, he's dealing with uh, an entire country that is against his squad, that every newspaper article, everyone doing a pod. Is it fair to say, Robert, he didn't, he didn't do very him. well on, on, on Saturday night? I have to admit... Uh, the 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 signal in Devon wasn't wasn't great for the for the cup <laughs> final, but you know he he's been criticised taking Ankel Di Maria off, who was arguably the the most dangerous player on the pitch. Um, that, yeah, you know, he brought uh, on Cavani late at the start of extra time, but is Cavani fully fit? He's only played a few minutes since playing three minutes against Manchester United, where uh, with this tendon problem, we don't know if Cavani was very fit. He didn't look a hundred percent fit. He didn't he hardly touched the football. In the match, and otherwise, who else does he, he put, have on? He put, did, I, I thought he put Parades, he put Paradez on for for Di Maria, and Paradez apparently um, didn't do Just very much. Chopped someone down. Was positive. Well, that he was... did a very bad foul, and yeah. yes, yeah. but you don't bring on players just man for man. You do it to change the system because you're struggling. They changed from they changed to a four three three as opposed to their three four three when they had uh, Paredes on the field. So look, you bring on a player, you take off a player to change things to try and tactically change things. It's not, is Paredes better than Di Maria? That, that, that's, that's not the debate. It didn't work out for him, but a coach has to make decisions. He has to, mm. to, to try things. One of the problems he has, well, parenthesis, but Paredes has been pretty hopeless since he arrived. And as, a, as an almost £50 million player, mm -hmm. uh, it's a shocking buy. He's done nothing to convince us that he's a decent player. Yeah, and they're under huge pressure from UEFA for financial mm. fair play, and they've just splashed almost £50 mm. million on a on a player who doesn't seem to fit in. Or um, but but his, the real problem for the manager is dealing with the superstars. And it's the same at every top club. Mm. Uh, these days, the players have so much power that if you, if they, if you lose uh, a certain number of the top players, then you're out. And the managers know this. And he's a very clever guy. So he's mm -hmm. been, you know, the, the arm round Neymar and the, the little jostles here and the cuddles there and everything. He's put people on side. But right now, he's in a situation which is really tough for him because 
Uh, Neymar, fortunately, was you know was great on the field. He was he had a really good cup final, even though there were one or two little moments where he might have annoyed us uh, a little <laughs> bit. Um, but Neymar, but right? Mbappe was dreadful, uh, and you know you can't bring Mbappe off. Apparently, is the message because when you've got Cavani on the bench, he brings himself uh, off. You know, you, yeah, you know, it seemed to me like this would be a good swap. You know, um, because for once Mbappe was not looking like he was going to be your hero. Uh, and in the end, got himself sent off. It was also dreadful off. against Manchester dreadful. United in the second leg. I, I, I don't foul. want to hammer a 20-year-old who scored 30 goals. No, I'm in, just saying that like, the manager sometimes, you know, is he free to, you know, or is he thinking to himself, oh, I can't take him but, off, I can't take Neymar off. You know? When Neymar's fit, I've got to play him. When he wants to go to Brazil, I have to let him go, you know? I, I wanna, the stars are taking over. I want to join Robbie and just defend Thomas Tuchel for a second. I'm not Paris Saint-Germain's biggest Come fan. Come live on my island, but I can, uh, I can tune your hit. violin I for like you. Him. I like That's him a lot, fine. but I think he's got a lot of problems. In Credit to him, because you'd think when you've got that amount of stars in your dressing room, getting regularity out of those players and fine-tuning your team to be able to win over 38 games in a season is actually your biggest challenge. He's managed to do that, and he's done that very well. What he now needs to do this summer is to try and turn Paris Saint-Germain from a team that can find consistency, find results on a weekly basis into a team with a mentality that can down any opponent at any given moment because that's what they're lacking at the moment. It's a mentality to go on and win games I that they're... Well, Paris Saint-Germain were yeah. always considered a cup team, weren't we? When we could never win the league. We only won the league twice before Qatari ownership in, in, yeah. in that first title in 2013. 1986 and 1994, but winning all the, the Coupe de France, going well in European Cup competitions, Paris Saint-Germain's a cup team, a cup team, a cup team. Always Saint-Étienne considered the most successful club in French football history because of their 10 league titles. Now yeah. Paris Saint-Germain are winning league titles. And where is this cup team? This one that we love that can... That well, they won the, the cup, cup emotion in a row before this year, I mean... Huh? True. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they have been totally dominant in the in the, in the last five years. And five can, can I just say because we, we need to cut co- we need to cover the incidents. There were some big incidents. We know that Mbappe got sent off uh, at the end for a dreadful challenge on, on Damien de Silva. It was totally mm. justified. The red card. It's his Absolutely. third red card. He's uh, you know of of his career. He's got to he's got to be careful. He's got to he's got to control himself better. No question. An older player, Neymar also needs to control himself better. Now, the incident that made a lot of headlines when he was walking up to, uh, to get his uh, runners-up medal, um, there was a supporter who confronted him and apparently, well, almost certainly didn't say particularly nice things to him. And you can see from at least two different angles, Neymar pushing his hand or even his fist into the, into the supporter's face. And... Uh, um, Darren, Darren. Yes. I mean, you know, Neymar. It wasn't Neymar me. Can't, it wasn't me. Neymar. Can't, <laughs> no, 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 no. It wasn't Darren. But in that situation, no, would, could, you, would you have acted the same? Perhaps? Yeah. Well, first of all, yeah, this, this guy's a dick. You know, I mean, he's he's, he's shouting insults at every PSG player and as they filming come up, it as and they come filming up, and filming it, it yeah. as, he, as he does, it. waiting for a reaction. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, to, as they come up to get their losers medal. You know, so first of all, you know, nasty piece of work. Um, probably got what he deserved, but. Um, Probably got what he was looking for, what he was hoping yeah, for. Yeah, maybe as well. you know. I, uh, but uh, from the Eric Cantona school of reacting to fans, uh, you might think it's just a, you know it's a very light uh, tame. Kind, of, kind of reaction, tame mm. reaction. But of course, yeah, he shouldn't have done it. And now the thing is, you know, he's just been he's just got a three month a three game ban in the Champions mm. League, Neymar, for insulting the refs after the uh, Man United defeat. He's now risking three, four, maybe five match ban. Uh, from the French league because you can't lash out at supporters. No, you can't. Whatever, you can't. Whatever but honestly, if I'm sitting in a train and somebody starts saying stuff like that to me, you know, I, 
the least you would expect somebody to do is to push push that hat. You know, it, it wasn't for me. It wasn't violent. And a lot, man, of, a lot of people have come out in support of Neymar. A lot yeah, of ex-players yeah, saying, just "Don't stop. Just walk on by. Yeah, walk on by, on. like like all the other players did." Just walk on by, mm. ignore the, the idiot, you know? Yeah. Like you, you don't get, you get, you know, sad to say, but you get paid all those millions to also have to take some shit sometimes, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, get, yeah. to get criticised and shouted at in the stadium. No, that's the world we live in. It's a bit sad to say that. But, you know, you just got to walk on by. And the guy didn't. And once again, you know, that gesture will cost his club. And, there's, there's and a, of course, he won't be punished for it. There's a feeling of entitlement By in that gesture. Exactly. As if he's entitled to get away with losing that final yeah. without being criticised. That's why I didn't like it. I can understand it, but I just, I don't think it's I've never right lost thing. a penalty shootout in a cup final, but if I had some some guy standing there with his phone saying stuff, I, 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 honestly, I don't think I'd take it well. I don't think I'd take it well. But, <laughs> take know, Dion Warwick's advice and walk on by. Walk on by. And before Darren starts singing, we're going we, we're, we're gonna to move on to... My favourite section, because I introduced it a couple of weeks ago, um, it's called The Good Girl. We, uh, we get the chance to, to have a good rant, because on a Monday morning in Paris, when the, uh, the sun's not shining, I'm just looking out, out of the window, the sun is not shining. We need to let off some steam. So this week, we're going to hand it over to Darren. Oh, merde. Quelle bande de chèvre. C'est mon coup de gueule. Okay, my good girl, you know, something I want to shout about. Um, I'm, uh, I'm a fan of Ben Littleton's book on penalties, 12 Yards. Fantastic read, uh, telling you all about the psychology of taking penalties, talking about organisational uh, part of a penalty shootout. You know, if I hear anybody say a penalty shootout is a lottery, I want to smack them these days. It's obviously something that you prepare for. Don't tell Neymar that. And <laughs> be, a, be an almighty battle. And this is my coup de gueule. I am. I could not believe what I was seeing when I saw the PSG players getting ready for this penalty shootout. Um, what happened is there's the toss. Marquinhos as the captain wins it, and then. He did not know what to do. Do I? Oh, should we shoot first? Should we shoot? Second? He turns around and asks Neymar what to do. This tells me what? They haven't even thought about this. This has not been part of the planning. You're playing a cup final. There's obviously a chance it goes to penalties. You should have organized everything. If we win the toss, this is what we do. This is, these are the people who are going to shoot. This is you know, the order of our penalty takers. They had obviously no planning. 60-40, uh, this, is, this is the percentage, the ratio of the advantage you have if you, if you go first. You have a 60% chance of winning. These are the stats from history of penalty shootouts. So why did he choose to go second? Is it because Neymar said, oh, go, go second, because he knew he was going to be the fifth shooter and therefore hoped to be the hero, the guy who put in the last penalty? I mean, it's, it's, it's possible. Why else would you choose to go second? It's a, it's a, it's a mistake. Are you suggesting Neymar is self-centered? <laughs> As if. But, you know, it, it's, it's just underlines for me, like... This is a huge club geared for success and they haven't prepared one of what is it like a key moment in this. And they brought on Nkunku, you know, like when, when the red card came out for Mbappé, 119th minute, one minute left. They, they drag off Diaby, who, by the way, is a, forward, is a forward. Yeah. He's just come on. He's a forward and a great young player. They take him off again to put on Nkunku. So you think, oh, Nkunku must be on for the penalty shootout. He's not even in the five. And when he does shoot, it's number six, and he misses, and the ball's still in and, the galaxy Darren, somewhere. It's on the way to, to Mars. Report, according to reports, he's joining Wren this summer, or he oh might my. well be joining Wren. You know, seriously, so he'll like, be playing Europe next year. This is he a, knows where a, a nightmare. Sequence. Those rumours just come out after he missed the penalty no, no, match. He, he could be signing to Wren. No, 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 a nightmare <laughs> sequence, and I just I couldn't get it. Was, it's certainly for sure. Commentating the match when I saw Marquinhos turn and ask, and and I think I said in the commentary. It's, it's just not a good look. No. It's not a good look. And it's a strange thing to have decided to go second. Because just from pure pure logical point of view, you score first, there's more pressure there on the next player. Who who knows whether if that pressure had been reversed, Christopher Nkunku may have scored his penality. He's got a very good shot on him. He's a, he's really is a, a very technically good player. 
And I think in terms of bringing him on, maybe you have a little bit more experience, a 24-year-old compared to a, a 19-year-old in Musa Diaby, who maybe they know, the, the staff know him better than us, maybe is not a good penalty taker. I mean, who knows? But whatever, whatever way you turn it, it didn't work out. It's, it's Christopher and Kunku that misses. Ultimately, it's smacks and, of complacency, Robbie, doesn't it? It uh, does. If, if yeah. a team doesn't prepare for a penalty shootout, it suggests that they didn't think they'd, they'd, get, they'd get there. That's how it looks, yes. Mm. I'm sure that's not the case. Who'd have thought Paris Saint-Germain fans would be saying that they were missing Thiago Silva in big games? That wasn't the case a couple of years ago, was it? <laughs> no, but these are, are difficult times. They're difficult times for, for Paris Saint-Germain, who are celebrating the league title. But what a bittersweet end to the season it, it has been for Let, Let's wait and see what the atmosphere is going to be like at the Parc des Princes for the next home game. They're playing Nice on Saturday. And mm. I wonder if there's going to be another one of their famous... You know, grève d'encouragement. You know where they go on strike for twenty minutes. The fans, you know, refuse to encourage their team. I'm very, very interested to see what's. Well, going to happen. the fan. There's a certain entitlement for for the fans as well, who feel that they can't they can't lose a match as well, which is a, a strange way to 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 approach a football match as well, mm. which Pare- is a contest. Parenthesis. Um, Ariola was in the goal, of course, for the French Cup final. Didn't save a penalty. Um, okay, you've got Buffon on the bench. No, no PSG goalkeeper has saved a penalty all season. And the goalkeeper issue will come back at the end of the season. Another one to be resolved. I, I, I was thinking Buffon. I mean, you know, he, he's such a presence at penalties. Okay, maybe he hasn't <clears> saved any this year. But I remember Zidane saying in, in 2006 he didn't know how to take that penalty in the final because he had Buffon against him. That's why he did a Penenka that went in off the, in off the crossbar. And mm. Yeah, I mean, but Ariola's got a decent penalty record, hasn't he? He's actually mm. won tournaments for France at youth level with, yeah. with, with yeah, so. a World Cup. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that's, there were a lot of issues on Saturday night. Perhaps that, perhaps that isn't the uh, the biggest one. Worth worth pointing out as well. Just before we move on, Ren, get off Paris Ren did take very good penalties. They did. They were good yeah. penalties. They were good penalties. Adam, go on. Then you've got Robbie's last point. I've got a last point on PSG. Go <laughs> no, on. No, you, you go, go for it, Matt. No more okay. points. I, I wanted to say when you were talking about Thomas Tuchel, what, what I find interesting is that he's actually. You all said it. He's actually really popular, and he's actually changed. I think the image of Paris Saint Germain. He's more open. He's more human, as the uh, the French like to say. I'm not quite sure how we say that in English, but he's got this human side where you know you can relate to him much more than Unai Emery. And I think that what is interesting in that is in the past it was easy to say, oh Unai Emery, you know we don't like his communication, we don't like the way the way he's got his team set up. So now actually people are thinking, well, Tuchel seems to be a very bright young coach, a very good man, and they're looking elsewhere for the problems. And I think that is good for Paris Saint Germain because I think the problems do lie elsewhere. They lie in the, in the general setup of the football club. The fact that Antero Enrique has a very strained relationship by all accounts with, uh, with the manager. The fact the players have had far too much power, have had it far too easy for far too long. That was my, that was my point. So I think it's good that Tuchel is staying on and is popular despite the debacle that we're seeing. 